everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. A couple of things before we get started. Things in the news. <sighs> news. Good job. <laughs> that was Tammy from Bob's Burgers. We were just flattered. The words honored, humbled to be at Reality Gaze live show last weekend. And it, they have released it on their podcast feed for free. So everyone can go listen to us talk about 90 Day Fiance and Dateline and how Keith Morrison is sexy and all sorts of stuff. It's really fun. Important items. We talk about important items. Yeah, life things. It's so much fun. We can't thank them enough for having us. Please go listen and make sure you subscribe to them if you're not already because they're amazing. Yes. The second thing in the news is that this episode will come out on Wednesday. Last night, The Thing About Pam, a.k.a. What's Up With Pam, aired the first episode. There's still three more, I think. It airs on Tuesdays. Oh, yes. So I'm just reminding everyone to watch. It stars Renee Zellweger and Josh Dumel with a perm or a wig with a perm. We can't decide. Doesn't matter. Can't wait. Doesn't matter. It's amazing. And the best part of the previews is they have nailed Pam carrying around the giant, the soft drink, fountain drink. The fast food fountain drink. The giant jumbo, whatever the big gulp would be. The gas station drink. Yeah, exactly. So good. And she's just slurping it in the previews. She's just walking around slurping it. I cannot. I can't wait. The episode we are talking about today was so good. It was a brand new episode. It was called Venom. If you're scared of snakes. Trigger warning. Trigger warning. But I would still say like there were a lot of people on Twitter that seemed to be very scared of snakes, which I was surprised by. I would say power through. It's a good episode. I would say if you can't power through because there is an exorbitant amount of snake footage, listen to it. You're going to get the gist and you're going to get some of the very important parts towards the end by just listening. Yeah. It is a tone of voice. It aired on March 4th, 2022, season 30, episode 16, hosted by Andrea, queen of the serpents, much like Cleopatra, something like that. Yeah, that's great. She is incredible in this episode. This might be my new favorite Andrea episode. 2017 is where our story happens in rural Missouri on a family farm. A 911 call comes in, a woman saying there's blood everywhere. She's crying hysterically. She says her husband's on the ground. She came home from work and she found him that way. The man's brother gets on the phone and he says, it has to have been a snake. I don't know where it is. So right away, we have a runaway snake. Then we meet the paramedic. This woman, D. she's a great interview. We get some very good interviews and she is one of them. Every time she came back, I was like, Dee's back. I said it to myself. Dee, look, there's Dee again. <laughs> she tells Andrea there's a 600-pound anaconda on the loose. That's too heavy. I don't like the weight of that. The snakes don't look like they're that heavy at all. It's all like muscle. And I don't want to body shame. And we are not body shaming a snake. 600 pounds is pushing it. That's a large snake. A long snake is what that told me, too. That's too big. That's a snake that's in Princess Bride in the water that eats you. Whole. 
it's also the name of TLC's latest show, My 600 Pound Anaconda Life. There we go. <laughs> you did it. Dee says it was a very unique call. <laughs> she speaks kind of an understatement. There's a bunch of deputies that are already at the scene and they have their guns drawn because they are terrified to go in because there's a snake on the loose. And we're seeing all of the body cam footage. So we're getting to hear how scared they are. And it's hilarious. I've never heard this much cursing in Dateline or bleeping. They so much. They curse and bleep every second. Where's that snake? Do you hear? There's a big old effing snake on the loose. Watch your blank. I'm going to kill it. I'm going to kill that effer. They must say, I'm going to kill it about a thousand times. And I feel like at that point, it's immortal and can withstand bullets. So I hope you brought a machete to cut off its head. It's like Nagini from Harry Potter. Like it has a lot of special powers. Because, right, you have to sever the head and it might grow back. It's 600 pounds of pure muscle. You're all going to die. Also, you don't know necessarily that the snake did anything. So don't just shoot it upon sight because that is snake profiling. And we have a problem with that. It's not cool, guys. 600 pounds of snake coming at you. Also, I don't know how fast a 600 pound snake can move. I feel like you could see it from a distance. And this would be a moment where you need animal control to put the snake to night-night. Just night-night, just sleepy time. Sleepy time snake. I feel like it, that's, those scales are too thick that a bullet or a trank gun will not even go through it. It just deflects like, ching, ching, ching. Well, then when you see the snake, just leave the building. I don't know what to say. Also, do you need to have it at this point? Does the snake need to be taken into custody? Why are we searching for the snake? The snake might be a suspect, so they have to take him into custody. But how do you put handcuffs on a snake? It doesn't have hands. They're in a real pickle. Do they have a bag or like a pickup truck? They need something large. They need like one of those giant claw machines. The cranes, yeah. The cranes that come down. Jaws of life. They need the jaws of life to lift the snake into the back of a truck. I don't, 600 pounds. Yeah, I don't know. So turns out the facility is home to over 2,000 snakes. I love snakes. That's a lot of snakes. I used to hang out at a vivarium in Berkeley, California. It was an interesting time in my life. It was my favorite place to go there. That might be for Date with Dateline out of context Twitter. I used to hang out at a vivarium in Berkeley. Anyways, it was a cool place and they had nowhere near 2,000 snakes and it felt like a ton of snakes. I would say maybe they had 200. Yeah, 2,000. 2,000. It's insane. Does that include babies? Because I'm sure there are lots of little babies there because he's breeding them. So yeah, there are eggs too, which we'll see later. That's a snake compound. So the facility belongs to Ben Rennick who owns Rennick Reptiles, and he's a world-renowned snake breeder. And he is the person who is unfortunately dead on the floor. The paramedic, D, she's still laughing about all the cops that are terrified of the snakes. And she says to Andrea, they're all ready to shoot this snake. And I'm like, it's 600 pounds. It's not going to get the jump on you. You're going to see it coming. Again, it, thank you, D. It's going to be slow. Yeah, it's not just going to pop out like, boo. But if it did, 
Oh, that would, no, that's too much. Everyone would have to change their pants. And then we see one of the cops say, Harley, you see a snake come out here after me? You better shoot that son of a bee. This is the most excitement they've had. (laughs) This is the story of stories for the pub, right? Where were you during Snake Gate? And they will talk about it for years to come at bars. The bartender will get so mad, he'll put a sign over the bar that says, do not talk about Snake Gate anymore. And there's a snake with a line through it. No, no, we'll not discuss. My favorite is this one cop who very kind of timidly said, and this would be me because it's kind of sarcastic. And he's, it's like he's raising his hand and he's like, don't we have anybody that we can call that can deal with an anaconda he's very incredulous that somehow this task has befallen him and his squad and not say animal control don't we have someone we can call why are we doing this could we not do that because that's not a good story jared if we call them then we can't say we went inside and found the sucker Look at a perp is a perp is a perp if it's on two legs or four legs or no legs. And we deal with perps. (laughs) Perps and pythons. That'd be great. That's a good little (laughs) the back of a truck. All right. Andrea says, oh, speaking of perps, Andrea says we are hunting for a slithering perp. I didn't even know that came next in my notes. I didn't know D also said that the snake moves slow. So there we go. We're just <laughs> osmosising things in from the episode. It was that good. It's fun. We meet Lindley, who is Ben's wife. And Lindley's dad. Sorry, we don't meet Lindley yet. We meet Lindley's dad, Lindell. That's on purpose, right? Yeah, 100%. And family friend, Bobette. It's Bob Et. <laughs> Bob Et. Maybe her dad was Bob. And then Lindell named his daughter Lindley. Please tell me Bobette's dad is Bob. Please, I need that to be real. I think so. My dad's name is Bob. I should have been named Bobette. Bobette. I love the name Bobette. I like any name ending in an et, I think. It just sounds fancy. But I thought it was Babette, like with an A. No, Bobette. Bobette. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I love the names. Also, she went through a really difficult time. In the 90s. Bobette. 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 Sorry. I'm going to keep saying Bobette. Went through a very difficult time when a major case was on every magazine and news channel. Oh. About a woman and her husband, and she cut something off. She cut a snake off, so to speak. Yeah, she cut a snake. Bobette. Bobette hated the 90s. (laughs) Can we just say that? Yeah. The whole decade was totally ruined for her. Ruined. Yeah. But later vindicated, I feel like. Yeah, I think so. Most recently. Have not kept up. She's been vindicated recently. She's become somewhat of a hero. I'll take your word for it. I believe it. So we learned that Ben played drums in a local band in the 20s, in his 20s. Sorry, it wasn't like the 1920s. (laughs) Like Great Gatsby music. He was in a Great Gatsby band. I was going to say, they didn't have metal back then. What'll I do when you are far away? (laughs) Yeah, that was great. So he was in this metal band. I wish we heard more about it. We don't. But that's when he met Lindley, who is a single mom from another small town down the road. 
They got married and had a daughter. Ben turned his passion for reptiles into a successful business. Ben's brother, Sam, who we are meeting and have a lot of interviews with, said Ben didn't have any poisonous snakes, but he still thought maybe it was a snake that killed him because it looked like his skull was crushed. So he thought maybe one of the giant snakes could have done that. One was 12 feet long. I mean, I think it's possible, but I think it wouldn't be a Dateline episode if it was a snake. And then the snake disappeared into the walls. How terrifying would it be, though, if it was somehow up high? In the walls. And you looked up and you saw just like the skinniest little tail dangling down slowly and you looked up and it was in the rafters. No. Absolutely not. That is when you you back out. Get these mother effing snakes out of this mother effing ceiling right now. (laughs) I don't like that at all. Then we get the scene. This is the scene that Dateline has been putting clips of on social media all week to freak us out. It's Andrea with a snake. And sometimes when I wonder if they listen to our podcast or if they follow, I mean, they do follow us on social media. But do you remember the episode with the cliff where Andrea's dangling off the side of a cliff and I spent the whole episode very mad that they talking about it? Mm -hmm. I do. I remember it because she was not nearly dangling. But yes, I do remember this. <laughs> she To me, she was dangling. And I put it on social media and everything. Well, Dateline posted this clip and said, remember how much you hated when Andrea was dangling off the side of a cliff? I think that was to me. Oh, I, I hope you're right. I might be grasping at straws there. I think that sounds right to me. I don't recall other people being that mad that she was dangling off a cliff and nobody else seemed to think she was dangling but me. <laughs> No, I think other people thought she was dangling or agreeing with you. So either way, it doesn't matter. You'll never know if they really didn't think it. It's fine. No, that's true. (laughs) I'm not going to ask. I don't want to be wrong. So in this clip, Andrea meets Megan Kelly, but not the one that you're thinking of. The one I knew in high school. Oh, you did? I knew a Megan Kelly. I went to her house for a slumber party. It was one of the only times that I was allowed to sleep over because I begged was at Megan Kelly's. And I got to see Dirty Dancing. Okay. And I got to see, no, I'm not gonna say anything else because I'm gonna age myself. <laughs> Dirty Dancing had been out for a minute, by the way, y'all. Okay, yeah, 10 years. It had been out for 10 years. At least a decade. Yeah, one of the best movies ever. So Andrea is meeting Megan Kelly, different Megan Kelly than the one you're thinking of and Katie's Megan Kelly. This Megan, her nickname is Megaconda, which is pretty cute. That's adorable. Yeah, I might have gone with Megan Conda instead of Megaconda, but that's just me. Are you criticizing this woman's nickname? No, I mean, I think it's great. Just if I were, it doesn't matter what I would do. So <laughs> another, she's another snake breeder and a friend of Ben's. She pulls out this giant green anaconda, which is, that's the kind of anaconda. It's a green anaconda, but for some reason its name is blue. And she puts it around Andrea like Britney Spears at the MTV Awards. Gotta get it. Gotta get it. Ooh, gotta get it. Gotta get it. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) And Charles did post a picture of that, the gif of that. So 
Megan Conda, sorry, Mega Conda says that an anaconda could kill you, but it would be probably by accident. Like if it was around your neck or your lungs. And I was like, you mean? <laughs> Literally as it's around Andrea's neck. The, you mean like the one that is actually that you just placed around Andrea's neck and lungs. That's what, okay. So just so we understand what's happening. But see, Megaconda had syringes at the ready. She was like in a holster. She's like, and then gets it. I trusted her. Yeah, there's no way. That snake was sleepy. I trusted her with Andrea. And that's saying a lot that I was like, you're cool, Megan. I trust you. And Andrea is dealing with it like a champ. Like she looks, she's a little nervous on some of the videos they showed, but she just powers through. She's doing it for the job. You know, this is the story and I'm doing it for the story and seemed fairly comfortable. So Megan doesn't think that Ben with his experience would ever be in a situation where one of his snakes would kill him. She just doesn't see it happening. And it turns out she's right. The snake was an amazing red herring, a total distraction. And I loved every second of it. And I hope I, it continues on for the rest of the episode. And it does. We get lots more snake stuff. So Ben was actually killed because he was shot eight times, which is so many, too many times. How have we gone from the it being the snake bit him to the snake crushed his head to shot? What was he just a, sort of a mess? I don't under sort of understand what happened. I think there was just a lot of blood. One of the cops is like, I'm going to kill his that B says the paramedic said he has a snake bite. So somehow there was like a telephone tree of misinformation, I think, that happened because D doesn't think it was a snake. So maybe it was the other paramedic. It started when Sam, the brother on the 911 call, said a snake must have got him and I can't find the snake. So that's where it started. And then it kind of trickled down. And then I think the cops were just so into the adrenaline of the snake hunt. 100%. That is exactly what happened here. Yeah. <laughs> that they were like not noticing there were actual bullet shells on the ground. Right. They got carried away with the drama. Yeah. Yeah. It happens to all of us. So Ben, we learned, was well loved by everyone, except not everyone, because this is a dateline. Lindley, his wife, said that she was at her spa all day that she owned called Essentia Spa, which sounds like the name of a cult. Essentia. Come sign a $1 billion contract to be part of Essentia and you will ascend to the level of, I can't think of that other cult, the Allison, what's her name? from Nexium. But I was, I have to say, impressed a uh, side note that Lindley and Ben own successful businesses at age 29. They are hustlers. And it made me feel bad about myself. Yeah, me now me too. I didn't know that that was that young. We own a business and we are 31. You're right. Let's keep going. You better work, B. You want a Maserati? You want a hot body? You better work, B. You want a sensual spa? <laughs> you want a snake business? You better work, B. So Bobette, 
doesn't think that Lin Lee had anything to do with it. She was dedicated to him. She was dedicated to the reptile business even. She helped him. She would travel around to all the reptile shows. That's a whole nother reality show that I want to watch, like Antiques Roadshow, but on the snake circuit. Oh, the snake circuit. Yeah. How amazing is the snake show circuit? I want to watch. Probably really fun based on the characters that we get in this episode. I would say nine out of 10. I would say move over Duck Dynasty. Snake circuit's coming in. Yeah. It's like a show based around the people that go to Comic-Con. Sorry, TM. TM. That is our first good idea of the year. Good job, Kimberly. That's it. I'm writing it down. Okay. Former NFL linebacker, Chad Brown, never heard of him, but I'm sure he's amazing. Barely heard of the NFL. He is a huge reptile guy. And so he got to know Lindley and Ben on the reptile scene. And he said he was so impressed how actively involved she was with the company. And she helped him get this online presence and they started this YouTube channel and showed their lab, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, in B-roll. And she was super involved. And with Ben's help, she was able to open the spa. Lindley tells police, you know what? You need to talk to his brother, Sam. There is a huge issue between Ben and Sam. Their family history read like a tragic novel, Andrea says. Speaking of which, if you're on our Patreon, the $10 level, we're starting our book club this month and we're reading a murder novel. So there you go. Did you like that plug that was super subtle? So their parents, Sam and Ben, bought the farm in, that sounds terrible. No, that sounds bad. (laughs) But they did. They bought the actual farm in the 80s and they raised the boys there. They were running around on ATVs and loved growing up there. In 1992, the Family house was lost in a gas explosion. I want to ask something about that later. Yeah. Then their mom, Kim, was diagnosed with cancer and she passed away. Then their dad, Frank, killed himself on Father's Day and Ben found him. More on that later as well. It's just so many tragedies for one family to endure. And now Ben is murdered. It's Shakespeare level tragedy is where we're sitting right now. It really is. And Sam is the last one standing. So the sons, when they inherited the farm, they worked out a financial agreement. The property was in Ben's name and Sam paid rent. And Sam inherited more of the money where Ben got more of the property. But then Sam wanted half the property back and Ben refused. And Lynn Lee said she tried to like intervene, but Sam's wife got involved and sent a really nasty text. And then there was just a big feud between the two couples, basically. It just occurred to me how that worked, actually. Sorry, because they say that Sam lived on the property. I don't know if it's important. Sam lived in the big house. Right. So Sam was paying rent, in quotes, because he basically, one of them needed what the other one had or part of it. And so in order to get some cash in to Ben, Sam was paying rent to live on the property because he needed a place to live. So each one was doing, which honestly, like on paper or in theory, sounds like a really good arrangement. It does, except if something happens to the money or if something happens to the property, like let's say the property suddenly loses value, then the person who inherited the property is kind of screwed. And the person who has the money has all of the cards or vice versa. 
So how would you have done it? I don't know how else to have done this. Yeah, it's very tricky. And fans of TLC will remember something similar has been going on for the past several years with the family farm on Little People Big World, the Roloff Pumpkin Farm. Has it? Uh The first, it was the dad and the wife getting divorced, but also... They wanted to get rid of the farm. The sons both wanted the farm. One of the sons kind of ended up buying part of the farm and splitting it with the dad. The other son is super mad because he wanted to buy the part of the farm. It's the whole thing with the farm. So, yeah. Farms are messy. Lindley tells police Sam is very depressed. He's very strange. He's very overdramatic. She's definitely pointing the finger at Sam. Then we get to see paramedic D again. I was super excited. She says Sam was acting weird at the crime scene. He was bad mouthing his brother who had just been found dead, saying things like he's effing cheap. He wouldn't hire any help. And then saying, that's right. I'm the brother murderer. Wild things to be saying. And so D thinks he must have done it. Yeah, that's hard. Out of context. I can't. I love D. D, you, I feel like you're taking that out of context. I love D, but I'm starting to question D's judgment, and especially later on. It sounds like he's really distraught. It sounds like he's rendering his garments. Rending? Yes. <laughs> what did I say? You said rendering, so he wasn't drawing them. He was ripping. <laughs> <laughs> Like rendering. He was rendering his resignation. (laughs) (laughs) He was, I don't deserve sleeves and very upset. Maybe someone said something like maybe a cop questioned him and he was like, that's right. I'm the brother murderer. Unless he actually was the murderer. I think that almost points to his innocence. The fact that he's shouting that. I think that if somebody said something the wrong way that he took to be, oh, are you accusing me? That's right. Or it was something went along with that cheap conversation. Like if he had only had help, maybe someone could have stopped this. Or maybe if I had helped my brother, I could have stopped this. So I killed him by not helping him. I think you're exactly right. It definitely shows him to be way more not guilty than guilty. Yeah, but... Everyone seems to think Sam did it and not just D. Bobette, some thinks he might have something to do with it. Mega Conda heard a rumor that it was Sam. Come on. Lindley's dad, Lindell, thought that it might be Sam. So mark off small town gossip mill. Sam tells police he and Ben don't have a lot in common. They don't spend time together. He says, Ben doesn't drink. He doesn't have any fun. I'm the opposite of Ben in almost every way. I have a lot of fun. I drink. Seemed a little like when you're 16 and you're like, I totally had beer at that party. He said he didn't like how Ben would brag about money all the time, which is fair. But I was thinking you're bragging about drinking all the time. So which one's better? Well, to each their own. Yeah. He says, I had nothing to do with the murder. I will do absolutely anything to help you guys. But then he puts a sign on the property that says, I'm drunk and armed. He just lost every member of his family. Absolutely. You're going to get drunk a bunch of times in a row over and over again. Right. Maybe don't put that sign on the place, but he was scared someone would come like a reporter or a cop. He didn't even want to talk to the cops. 
he was also drunk when he did it. Clearly, I'm drunk. I'm he was drunk. Andrea is scandalized by this sign like she's horrified. But he explains, you know, my grief had me acting insane. Like I literally just I've lost every member of my family. That's why I said weird things at the crime scene that I don't even remember. And that's why I put that dumb sign up because I just didn't want to talk to people. I bet if you asked him about like the two or three days following this, he would not be able to remember. And not because of alcohol, just because this seems very much heavy disbelief and grief. There's no way. It totally makes sense to me. He does help out the police. He passes a polygraph and was pretty forthcoming with them. He tells police maybe it was a burglary because Ben's snakes were worth a fortune. He had one snake that is a one of a kind in the world and is worth one hundred thousand dollars. So I bet all of you on Twitter were like, those snakes are gross, are double thinking that. Mm-hmm. Second guessing that. I don't know what double thinking is. I think you were thinking of double fisting, which is something you do when you drink. <laughs> I was not. But the NFL guy says there are beefs in the reptile world. The reptile beefs is said 40 times. Where is this reality show? Or maybe there is a reality show and it's like on Animal Planet and I've been sleeping on it. I need to find out. Everyone just let me know if there's a reality show about the reptile circuit. Is it called Reptile Beef? Because that sounds like a cooking show and I'm nervous. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Lindley says Ben was considering selling his whole collection of reptiles, 2,000 snakes, to an NHL goalie, Robin Lenner, who is trying to skate onto the reptile rink, so to speak. He wants to skate with snakes. I don't know. Ben had valued his business at over $1.2 million. He valued it at 1.9. They had kind of talked about him selling it for 1.2. So it was worth a ton of money. I did not know also that snakes and sports had such a crossover appeal. Apparently it does. And professional sports, not just like I'm a little league coach, an actual somebody who gets paid to play a sport and probably makes a lot of money. That's wild. Another possible angle for the murder is that before their dad, Frank's suicide, Frank was indicted on mail fraud. He was stealing money from his investors from this huge profitable pet food company that he and his wife owned. He faced 20 years in prison before Dateline made it seem like he killed himself because the wife died. And maybe that was part of it. But also he was facing 20 years in prison. That probably also had a huge part of it. So. Is it possible that when he killed himself, some of his investors that wanted justice were super mad about it? So they killed Ben. Also, were we supposed to now question that house fire that burned the house down? That was my question. And could that have possibly been insurance fraud? Anytime I hear house fire, I think insurance fraud. And I know that's not true. I know a lot of people lose their houses. But on Dateline, it's always fraud. <laughs> I got really hung up on the new house. I couldn't get a good look at the old house. But did you catch the square footage on the new house? No, but it was big. 10,000 square feet. Oh my gosh. And a pool. Your apartment 
is maybe. I know. One thousand. I was going to say closer to 850. Yeah, probably. 10,000 square feet is like seven bedrooms. Yeah, I know. But he was embezzling money. So do you think the house fire was so they could build the 10,000 square foot gorgeous house with the pool? That's what I thought. But that is just me. That's not Dateline saying that. That is just what I thought. I looked up some outside stuff, but I did not see anything about that. And also, I hope it's not true because Sam doesn't need any more bad memories. Really, he needs to be able to honor his family. And I just, I hope it's not true. Absolutely. I hope it has nothing to do with anything and it was a random gas explosion. Absolutely. Nothing is happening with the case. Investigators aren't saying anything publicly, so no one really knows what's happening. And then we meet a crazy beard. Actually, it's a man with a crazy beard. But to me, he was just a beard. It was exciting. And Andrea sits down with this bearded gentleman and says, do you prefer David or Dave? And Davey says, dealer's choice. And I feel like he gave, I feel like he gave Andrea the finger guns when he said dealer's choice, but he might not have. And I'm just imagining. Well, he did it with his inflection. Again, you only need to listen to this episode to know what's happening. Kimberly is describing to you what he looks like with the beard. It is half beard, half eyes and nothing else on his face. Yeah, half beard, half eyes. That's all we see of his face is just eyes and beard. He may have had a nose. It was not noticeable. I don't know. I wouldn't bet on it. If you asked me, like with Stanley on The Office, they were signing that card and they were like, does he have a mustache or not? I would not be able to say with all certainty that that there was a nose. Agreed. So I will call him Davy, Like Davy Jones Locker. He could be a pirate. Literally, you put an eye patch on one of those eyes and boom, we're done. We're there. So we see a photo of Davey with a handlebar mustache. So at one point, he didn't even have the beard. He had a handlebar mustache, a tight and right, like quite curly handlebar mustache. With the curls. Yeah. And he's handling this beautiful Dalmatian colored snake. He's handlebarring it. (laughs) We also see this other photo of him with no beard, wisps, long wisps of cotton candy type mustache. I didn't love that look, but I do love him. And I love the styles, like the choices, the personality. I'm going to tell you a secret real quick. The long wisp is when he didn't curl it with the wax. I think you're right. With no product. Speaking of products, do you believe that your hair tells the world who you are, but right now it's telling the world that you are dull, stressed, and living off of Cheetos? Rude. (laughs) What do you want your hair to tell the world? I want my hair to tell the world that I am a powerful snake charmer (laughs) that's more charm than snake. And I should have done that as one of my titles. That's a shame. Let's talk about pros. Look, for many of us, stress is just a regular feature of daily life or the actual feature of our daily life. Depends on how stressed you are. Do you work in a vivarium? (laughs) Do you hang out a lot at a vivarium? Are you in a vivarium because you have a fear of snakes and you're trying to get over it? That would be highly stressful. I would not recommend that. But you'll notice something that happens when you're stressed. One of the symptoms is dramatically increased hair shedding and thinning, and you may not even know it's happening. People usually lose about 50% of their total hair before they even notice that it's leaving their head. 50% of their total hair. That's stressful. Wispy mustache. (laughs) 
Thank goodness there's now a way to stop stress-related hair loss in its tracks and spark new, stronger growth. Pros. Pros specializes in custom hair care, and now they also make custom hair supplements that help reduce excess shedding and spark fuller, thicker hair growth with just two capsules a day. You will not be the snake shedding its skin. Through an online consultation, Pros customizes your supplements to address all the factors that could be triggering your hair issues, age, hormonal changes, number of snakes in your life, stress levels, diet, and more. Pros supplements use only natural, clean, and safe ingredients, no drugs or hormone disruptors. All formulas are toxicologist approved, gluten-free, and vegan, and plus they really work. Multiple studies show that over 90% of women taking Pro's hair supplements saw less shedding, more growth, and overall appearance in just 90 days. So stop that snake-like shedding and try your own custom hair supplements and you'll get 15% off. Just go to pros.com slash date dateline. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash date dateline for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off custom hair supplements. Woohoo! Strike a pros. Pros, 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 pros. <laughs> Thank you, pros. Thank you, pros. Katie, my hobby is not collecting snakes, but killing slugs, virtually, of course. I play Best Fiends. Best Fiends is a free-to-download mobile puzzle game that has had over 100 million downloads, which means there are a lot of us fiend heads out there. I just made that. I hope it catches on. It's cute. I play it all the time for just a few minutes in line at the grocery store or sometimes a whole lot longer. Especially when I'm stressed, I lose myself in the world of adorable animated bugs. You better lose yourself in the beetles and the grass. I couldn't do it. I am currently on level 2,642. What, what? And my phone just died. I had to get a replacement phone and I was so glad that I had signed in to Best Fiends using your Facebook account. Thank you very much, Katie, because I didn't lose any of my progress. Hey, I would have been really angry. Yeah, that would have been a bad day. I would have been like Medusa with the snakes coming out of her hair. Also, it wouldn't have even been that bad, though, because I really like playing it. So I would have been like, I get to play 2000 levels again. My favorite thing about the game is that it's relaxing and challenging at the same time. I love it. It's a perfect form of quick procrastination. Join me on the procrastination relaxation wagon. I couldn't think of a third. Challengeation. Procrastination relaxation. The only word I can think of doesn't work. Adventure station. Infestation. Yeah, there we go. Download Best Fiends free today on the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. And make sure to send me your player code so that we can be fiend friends. Send each other gifts in the game. It's really fun. You know you want to. Join me. I do. Join me at Essentia. I mean, Best Fiends. (laughs) Thank you, Best Fiends. Thank you, Best Fiends. So... Let's find out more about Davey with the extreme facial hair. He was friends with Ben in the reptile show circuit. And he says Ben was breeding together different kinds of snakes to create one of a kind, strange and colorful snakes that did not normally exist in nature. 
Lindley, after the murder, called Davy and said, I can't deal with the snakes right now too much. Can you be in charge of the snakes? And then I was going to try to be like, that's how he became the snake nanny. But I knew you wouldn't get it because you don't know the nanny very much. I do. I know the nanny. Yes, I do. Last time I referenced the nanny, you were like, is that it? Is that the song? I didn't know what song you were singing. I know, because I didn't do it good. And I was worried I didn't do it good this time either. You did actually do it good this time. Have confidence. I'm still traumatized. So Bobette and Sam both say at that point they stopped hearing from Lindley. And she moved off of the farm. She moved into her dad's house. And she just stopped corresponding, talking with people. They said she was isolating, except it's not really isolating when you're spending all your time with a new boyfriend. Also, you were only isolating from people in Ben's life. That's not isolating. Exactly. This new guy is Brandon Blackwell, and she's spending a lot of time with him. In fact, a year after Ben's death, she comes by and tells Davey she's pregnant. She is a fertile myrtle. Yes. Also, Brandon Blackwell also sounds like a pirate. Yeah, Brandon Blackwell. Brandon Blackwell. (laughs) Of the Blackwells of the Black Sea. And he kind of also maybe looks like a pirate. Yeah. Okay. Police interview Brandon Blackwell. He tells them that she is the most amazing woman he's ever met, but other people around town disagree. Sam thought that Lindley was super sus. She sold the family farm without telling him. He and his wife just get a notice that they have 30 days to leave because they lived in the house. The level of messed up that that is. This is the family farm. You were married into the family, but it was not your birthright, this farm. And you just sell it and kick out the only living member whose birthright it actually is. It's really messed up, Lindley. It's a snaky move. She also left all of Ben's belongings on the farm, just discarded them to whoever bought the property. You can have it. That is insult to injury. Yeah. Then she betrays our bearded friend Davy when she decides to sell the prized anacondas without telling him. He who had been snake sitting for months for free for these babies. She's like, no, I'm selling them out from under you, doesn't consult him or anything. At least ask if he wants to buy them. He is also a snake breeder. It's so shady. She wanted to sell them to Megaconda. Megaconda is like, this feels really weird. No. So she says, no, I'm not going to buy them. And then Lindley thought that Davey had interfered. So she sends him a threatening text that said lawyer and had a phone number. And you should be ashamed of yourself. And he wrote back, talk to the hand because my beard don't want to look at you. (laughs) Then Lindley's relationship with Brandon turned venomous. He turned scary. This is weird. Threatening. He threatened her dad. That's what Lindell, the dad, is telling us. He stalked her. She got a restraining order against him and he went to jail for stalking. Felony stalking. Felony stalking. It's all terrible and terrifying. According to her lawyer, his mom even called Lin Lee and said, he's in your backyard. Run, leave the house now. So 
horrible things, if true. And I don't mean to negate it. It's just later on. We just have questions coming about it. We have questions that will come up later, but it's horrible. Did you have feelings about Connie, the lawyer? I did not like the lawyer. She's kind of important. She plays a part of an important trio later. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. So police decide this is great. Brandon's in jail. He's for sure going to flip on Lindley now. So they bring him in. He says, okay, here's what's happening. First of all, I was sleeping with Lindley while Ben was still alive. She was cheating on him with me. Oh, boy. Ben and her were having huge marriage problems. Ben was fed up because she was spending all of her money on Essentia. All of their money. All of their money. He was going to leave her. And she was scared that he was going to take the kids from her. So she hatched a plan. Get it? (laughs) To kill him. I think Andrea said hatched. And I just wanted to steal it as my own. You did so good. I think it was Andrea. I really think it was Andrea. I don't think it was. You don't think so? Okay. I don't think so. I feel like I would have heard it. (laughs) So she wanted to kill him. She recruited an ex-boyfriend to help her named Michael Humphrey. And he had a history of drugs. So she thought that he could help her because all drug addicts are murderers, I guess. It's really sad. It's really sad. She's like, I need someone to murder my husband. My ex from seven years ago did drugs. He'll murder someone for me. So she said that they both went to the farm that day. And this is what she told Brandon, her boyfriend. They both went to the farm that day. She went in with the gun and shot him. So she tells Brandon, I'm the one who shot him. I just brought Michael with. More on that later. So police arrest Lindley and Michael. Her family thinks she's innocent. They usually do. Her dad tells this story to Andrea about a fender bender where she left a note or something. And that means that she couldn't be a murderer. No, no. It's much worse than that. She called the police. And said, I just hit a car. There was a fender bender. She picks up the phone and calls 911 and is like, oh my goodness, I just hit the car in front of me. And the people are like, no, 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 there's no damage here. <laughs> really do not involve the police. And she was like, I'm doing, I, I got a call. That's just dumb. I need, Lin, what's his name, Lindell? The dad, Lindell. I need Lindell to complete the story that that happened when she had just gotten her driver's license at 16 years old. And she had been taught in traffic school or driving school that that's what you do if you're ever in an accident. And she was in her parents' car. I need him to complete that story because I'm pretty sure that's how that goes, which does not mean that she is the angel that you think she is. And it makes me really sad for this dad. Yeah. But self-preservation, parents usually think their children are innocent. We get to see our hero, Dee Dee, again. She thinks Lindley is totally innocent because of her reaction that night because how upset she was and how genuine she seemed. And Dee is so moved by her that when she finds out she's been arrested, she calls the defense attorney and is like, what can I do to help? This girl is innocent because of the reaction from that night. Denied. That's bad. I'm upset. (laughs) I know I really wanted to root for Dee. I really liked her. And then this happened and I was sad. So there's this trio that Katie was talking about of women. So we have Lindley's first attorney who handled her stalking case against Brandon. 
Connie. That's Connie. We have Connie D. Connie. We have D. And then we have Dusty. And Dusty is an investigator for the public defender's office. And she is looking into the case for the defense. And she meets Lindley and says, her? But not in a her? Is she funny way? But like her? She committed a murder? And thinks she's very meek and small and sweet and very innocent. And she immediately thinks that Brandon is lying. And there's no way this girl is a murderer. So this is troubling for a lot of reasons. We have three women in this episode, and we love to root for women in the episodes. Our problem is that these three women have all been kind of tricked by this younger girl. Yeah. And they all think she is. They all say authentic, genuine. All of them say these things. She's never lied to me. I mean, it's incredible. Which is like saying, well, she never murdered me. So there's no way she could have murdered her husband. But it's more like, think about what we normally see in Dateline. We see a girl like Lindley, usually. Hoodwinks men. Right. Using her wiles on older men. But in this case, it's older women. And we're going to see something later where it really doesn't work. I loved every minute of it. Oh, I love what you're saying. We got to see it in action. It's amazing. So these three women obviously are Team Lindley. I guess if you haven't figured out, we are not. So in his jailhouse calls, this is one of the reasons they think Brandon is lying, which it does look very bad. In his jailhouse calls, Brandon talked about how he's going to make some journalist career with this incredible story he's going to tell. And he's going to get Lindley locked up and he's going to get their baby because remember, they had a baby and he's going to burn that bee like he hates her now and he is venomous and he is going after her. He doesn't ever say I'm making this up and that's how I'm going to get her. But he does say, I'm going to blow this whole thing wide open. I'm going to make a journalist career with this story and I'm going to get her. So it doesn't sound great. In the past, he had threatened to go to police saying, I know you killed Ben if she tried to take their baby away. And Lynn Lee, when she got the restraining order, even said that to the judge. He's going to say that I murdered my husband so that I'll let him take the baby. So she's been saying that since the beginning. And the lawyer, Connie, says, wouldn't she have dropped the stalking charges against him to keep him quiet if she was guilty? He must be lying about this. So we go to trial. Lindley looks all meek with a cardigan and a cross necklace. So she must be innocent. And then Andrea says the crime was diabolical. That's Dennis's word. Andrea, that's another D word for you. It's Dennis's word in case you're a new listener, because one time someone said the crime was diabolical and Dennis said, diabolical, where'd you get that word? Like he had never heard it before. Also, diabolical, the episode is Dennis. Is diabolical. It's called diabolical. So the prosecutors say that Lynn Lee, oh boy, if you didn't believe Brandon, you have other options of people to believe, okay? We're not, this whole case doesn't just rest on Brandon. The pirate. So there's someone else that you can believe. An employee of Lin Lee 
at the spa. The manager of the spa. The manager of the spa. She was given immunity for her testimony. She apparently helped Lindley with the murder plot. Katie, are you trying to find an employee who will do anything for you? Are your current set of employees unwilling to go the extra mile to get the job done? I really feel like they are. Mm-hmm. Like plan a murder. No one's going to do that for you. Workable can help. Workable is the solution for all types and sizes of businesses from a small business like a little worm or a business as big as an anaconda. Workable helps you post all the jobs you are trying to fill to more than 200 job boards. You only have to click once to go to 200 job boards. It helps you evaluate and hire quickly with video interviews, e-signatures. It can help you automate tasks like scheduling interviews. The only thing it won't help you do is murder your spouse, but that's what your employees are for. There are 46% more jobs being posted than before the pandemic, and there are 44% fewer candidates applying to each one. So chances are your business needs good employees right now. Whether you're looking to hire a new architect for your firm or a bearded babysitter for your snakes, Workable helps you find the right people fast. You can start hiring today with a risk-free 15-day trial. And if you hire someone during that trial, which a lot of companies end up doing, it's still free for you. Just go to workable.com to start hiring. Workable is hiring made easy. I love it. Get working. It works for me. I like works for me better. Katie, how do you power yourself through these two-hour episodes? One word, two syllables, Monk Pack. Delicious, nutritious food you can trust. I love Monk Pack. Woohoo! Healthy snacks have a bad reputation. And let's be honest, most of them do not taste very good. They don't fill you up. They certainly don't satisfy your cravings. This episode is powered by Monk Pack. Monk Pack makes snacks that taste like our favorite sugary treats, but with one gram of sugar or less. Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars have two to three grams of net carbs, and they're only 150 calories. They're fantastic for anybody following a keto lifestyle, and they're the perfect snack for anyone who's trying to eat eat better, cut back on sugar and carbs without sacrificing the taste. Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars have the perfect balance of sweet and salty, a crunch from the whole nuts and seeds, but they still manage to be soft and chewy. It's like a magic trick. I love them. They come in amazing flavors like sea salt, dark chocolate, caramel sea salt, peanut butter, dark chocolate, and the one that I always reach for, macadamia white chocolate. Or try the pumpkin seed cinnamon almond. I love both of them. I also lately adore the coconut dark chocolate. It's still my number one right now. Has been for a few months. I don't know who I am anymore. It's chocolate. Normally I don't go for chocolate, but with Monk Pack, I do. You can also try six at once and decide your favorite. Grab a variety pack from Monk Pack and you can try all at once and you can have the bars delivered right to your door. They're perfect for a quick snack to satisfy your sweet tooth without worrying about your sugar intake. 
And in addition to being keto-friendly, the bars are also gluten-free, plant-based, non-GMO with no soy, trans fat, sugar alcohols, or artificial colors. They're super healthy. We're obsessed with these bars and probably eat more than we should. And to make sure I'm always fully stocked, I signed up for a subscription, which saves me 10% on every order and ships them to me automatically. And getting these amazing treats delivered to me on a regular basis has been a complete game changer in my effort to eat healthier. So check out Monk Pack for yourself and you will see. We have a special deal for our listeners. You can get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack product. Try the variety pack by visiting monkpack.com and entering our code date dateline at checkout. That is 20% off. And Monkpack is so confident in their product that it's backed with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll exchange the product or refund your money, whichever you prefer. So to get started, just go to monkpack.com. That's M-U-N-K-P-A-C-K.com. Enter the code date dateline at checkout to save 20% off your purchase. Monk Pack, delicious, nutritious food you can count on. Monk Pack, keto, nut and seed. Dude, 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 dude. Thank you, Monk Pack. We meet this spy employee. Her name is Ashley. And she says that Lindley has been telling her how horrible Ben was for a long time. Horrible abuse and saying all this stuff about him and that she had to get away, but she didn't want to lose her kids. So the only answer is to kill him. So she asks Ashley, her employee, to help her kill Ben. And Ashley says, sure, boss, whatever you need. I'm going to go order some more massage oil and then I'll get right on that. Wipe down the tanning beds, whatever. And then I'll help you kill your husband. So you were right with Essentia. I think Essentia is a cult. Yes. But I did not know that Lin Lee was the guru. That's what I wasn't prepared for. So Ashley gives Lin Lee a huge handful of pain pills. So where that? Yeah, it's drugs. Number one. Where do they come from? Her purse? I don't know where Ashley got them from her dad's medicine cabinet. If she was had back surgery, I don't know. What's going on at this spa? <laughs> what, what goes on at this spa? Also, I did skip this part that Brandon says that the reason Lindley asked her ex, Michael, to help was that he owed her because he had gotten her hooked on pain pills. On pain pills, which was super important. And I just skipped over it. So was she maybe spending money on, was she still hooked on pain pills? Was she spending money on that and on Essentia? Was Essentia just a drug ring? What was happening? Unsure. Did Ashley say in trial that she gave her a handful of pills? Yes. And the purpose of the pills this time was not to like abuse or get high on. Ashley knew I am giving someone pills so they will kill their husband with these pills. I'm supplying the murder weapon. So Ashley gives these pills and they don't make Ben die. They just make him really sick. So Ashley and Lindley then decide plan B. We are going to track down that ex, Michael, from seven years ago. And Lindley tells Ashley, I need you to build my alibi say that we're going to pretend like I am at the spa the whole day. She leaves her phone at the spa when she goes with Michael to the farm. Ashley sends a message to Ben on the phone saying, 
I'm not feeling well. I'm stuck at work. Can you pick up the kids from school? So it establishes that she's at the spa the whole day. So Ashley's like super involved. And then when Lindley comes back to the spa after the murder, she takes a shower and she has Ashley scrub her body down. I think a post-murder apricot body scrub usually costs more at the spa that I go to. It's like $20 extra. Wow. Yeah. Kimberly. Also, that's intimate. That's too intimate. Your employee scrub you down in the shower after you've murdered someone. I would like to cross-examine Ashley about the post-murder scrub down (laughs) because why does Lindley need help scrubbing? I know, like hard to reach her back. I don't know. That's so creepy and culty. I'm just going to say that. It it really, it's so culty. Clean my feet. Bathe me. And she has her arms out and then they bring her the robe. It's really messed up. Yes. It's like wild, wild country. Oh, it is. So Lindley tells Ashley, Michael got too nervous to shoot Ben. So I had to do it myself. So now Brandon and Ashley are saying Michael went with, but Lindley's the one who actually did the shooting. Yeah, she's the killer. Then there's another employee. So if you didn't believe Brandon and you didn't believe Ashley, now you have another employee, April. She also works at the spa. And she says Lindley confided in her about the plan too. So April did not participate But much like Ashley, she could have gone to the cops and stopped it. What is this weird hold that Lindley has on women? You're right. That's five women. Six, if we're including Babette. I would like to meet Lindley's mother. Is she with us? Why are we only meeting her father? Is she one of those women that has that hold? But usually it's over men. This hold over women. It's really rare that we see it in Dateline anyways. It's very strange. I mean, she had that hold over Brandon, too, before he hated her and went to jail. Yeah. And that NFL player seemed to really, really like her. And Davey, the pirate snake keeper, was he loved her, too, before this whole thing happened. But this is like a different level with women, that they're going to bat for her. We're going to kill for her. Well, she is much like what happens on Dateline. And again, I'm not saying we don't believe victims. That's not what I'm saying at all. But often on Dateline, if someone wants someone to help them with a murder, they say very, very horrible things about the person because it helps the helper justify helping them. It's still something where you would say, you need to go to the police if this is happening. It's still just really, there's no excuse for this. I'm really surprised here. Yes, absolutely. And April seems fine. Ashley seems like a totally normal person. I'm sorry. I also have another really important question. Where are the children? The children were not at home that day? She had them with her. She picked them up from school because Ben hadn't, because he was dead. Right. So they were there when the body is found? No, she says she left them in the car and ran in, found him, kept them in the car, called Sam, called 911. But they were on the scene when the police showed up. 100%. So super traumatic for those kids. Super traumatic. I'm hoping Sam's wife came and took them to the big house and got them out of there. Let's go with that. 
Prosecutors put Michael Humphrey on the stand. He is the ex-boyfriend, drug addict, hitman person, but he didn't actually kill. He just accompanied, chaperoned. He chaperoned the murder. So he says that Lindley showed up at his house one day out of nowhere. He had not spoken to her in six or seven years. That's a big ask for someone you have not spoken to in six or seven years. Hey, how are you? Let's catch up. I have three kids now. Will you help me murder my husband? Challenge for this week. (laughs) Let's go back and see. You got to call somebody. That I haven't spoken to. And ask if they'll commit a light crime. Not murder, (laughs) just a light crime. Crime light, L-I-T-E. Let's see if we can do it. Let's see if we have the kind of pull. Yeah, I don't think I do. I don't think I do either, but we don't know until we try. Plus, I hate talking on the phone. So can I text someone instead? Yeah, I'll accept it. Okay. So Lindley showed up out of nowhere, says, can you help me kill Ben? And he says, I guess I would like kind of went along and she did all the shooting. So now four people are saying that she did all the shooting. Now we find out that Lindley was cheating, not just with Brandon, but with a man who did advertising for the spa. And he takes the stand too. She's wow. And I'm trying to be very sex positive, but also you're married. It's it's snaky. It's bad. It is. The defense says there's no real evidence. There's just a lot of stories from people. They tested her for gunshot residue. She didn't have any on her. Well, she was scrubbed. She got the scrub down by her minion. Yeah. They say she knew how the legal system worked. She wasn't scared of losing her kids. What? What does that mean? It does happen all the time. Well, I mean, she does own a business and she is their mother. So, yeah, chances are she probably wouldn't have lost the kids. I don't know if it had to do with actually losing the kids because I don't know how much she cares about her kids, to be honest. That's a great point, too. Was she doing drugs still? Then she might lose her kids. Was there something that he found out? Right. Did they ask Michael that on the stand? Great question. I don't know. Oh, that would have been so good. I think she just kept saying he was abusive. You have to help me. Like nothing about what she had done. So they said the police leaned on Ashley and scared this. Okay, I had to roll my eyes at this. This 29 year old with jail time. Honestly, they're making it sound like she's Brendan Dassey. She's underage and they like tricked her or forced a confession out of her. Well, she did do this weird thing. But yes, she does admit that she did all this stuff and they say, okay, you get immunity if you testify to all of this. So you also have April. She's saying the same thing. And she had nothing on her except that she kind of knew about the case ahead of time. Maybe they said you should have gone to the police or and now you have to lie and say that Lindley did it. I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I mean, the police do do that. I'm not saying they don't. I don't know if that's what happened in this case. We do see false confessions. We see it. We see forced confessions all the time. We see it all the time. I just don't know if that's what's happening here. And I also have to assume that the prosecution showed a fair amount of her police interview. I have to assume that to show that she was not coerced. Right. So there is some bit of evidence, which is there's a gas station fill up. So on the way to the farm with Michael in tow, 
Lindley stopped at a gas station to fill up and she paid with a credit card and she's supposed to be at work at this time. So this blows her whole story wide open. And she takes the stand in her soft voice with a cross around her neck to explain, yes, she did go to the farm that day with Michael, but it's not what you think. She went with him to ask Ben for a divorce and she wanted Michael as backup. She was cheating on Ben and she feels horrible about that, but she wanted to leave him. She wasn't trying to murder him. She never tried to poison him. In fact, they both got sick from a bad protein drink a few days before the murder, but it wasn't poison. She took Michael with her for protection, but then out of nowhere, he pulled out a gun and shot Ben and she ran out. So Michael shot a man for a woman. He shot a man he had never met for a woman he hadn't seen in seven years. And she freaked out. She was in shock. They drove back to the spa. She drove back with the man who had the gun that just shot her husband. She got in the car with him. Correct, Amundo. She was in such shock that she didn't even think that Ben would be hurt or dead from the multiple shots that she heard. But when Ben didn't pick up the kids from school, she thought, oh, maybe he is hurt from that gun thing earlier. Now, I do believe shock is a thing and it can make people act strangely. This is just a lot to swallow. This is like a spider swallowing a snake. A lot to swallow. This is like a spider swallowing an anaconda. A 600-pound snake. It didn't happen like this. So she lied to the police because she was scared and because Michael said, don't tell the police or I'll kill you. Okay. So once we're actually hearing her version of the story, it becomes even more incredulous that all of these smart, strong women (laughs) believe her. Before, they seem to just be believing her because of her demeanor and how nice she seemed to be. But they have now heard her version of the facts and they believe her, which is just shocking to me. Is it because she cries for real for real? She doesn't that much, though. There were not a lot of real tears. Yeah, there were. I did not see many. I saw like one that was dangling and never dropped off. Oh, I saw eyes that were wet. They were wet. They never actually descended like a testicle. They just were clinging on for dear life. The jury finds her guilty of murder in the second degree. They could have done murder in the first degree, but because she's so sweet and was wearing that cross around her neck, I'm just guessing, they do murder in the second degree, which means she only gets 13 years plus three on a related charge. And we don't know what that means. I'm trying. Someone will tell us. So Ben's family thinks this is far too little that basically they're saying that Ben's life is worth 13 years. And the real issue that is a slap in the face, for me at least, is that Ben got life. And even with his deal to testify against Lindley, he just got life with parole. They just added the parole part. He still has life in prison. She has 13 years. And she is the one that everyone says pulls the trigger except for her. 
the second charge was armed criminal action. She had a gun. Okay. That didn't belong to, was registered to her. Okay, but according to her story, the gun was Michael's, so. Well, she got charged with it, so. Okay, or maybe there was another gun. Maybe there was a different gun. I don't know. Something about having arms. She doesn't deserve arms. She doesn't deserve arms. It's a take on she doesn't deserve sleeves. All right. She has more arms than a snake, which isn't hard because they got zero. So Andrea goes to see Lindley in jail. Okay, this is amazing. She's gotten some jailhouse tattoos on her fingers. Like, she's super tough now. She did? I didn't see it. Explain. Explain in detail. I couldn't tell what they were. They're on her hands and on her fingers. It's not like a full hand tattoo, but they're in the, they're more sporadic. I couldn't see what they were. I don't even mind hand tattoos. Not like I feel about face tattoos. Snake bite. <laughs> amazing. That would be amazing. So if anyone could tell what they were, let us know. So she said, I went to go ask Ben for a divorce. And Andrea says, so the thing with that is you messaged him earlier in the day and it didn't seem like you were going to ask for a divorce because you texted him nude photos. And Lindley is crying. She's crying through the whole interview. She never stops crying with not a lot of tears, just wet eyes. I'm going to be honest with you. This interview, I skipped through. Really? I had to keep going back because I was yelling so much. (laughs) I was so angry by this point. By this point in the episode, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle the crying and watching her try to manipulate Andrea was a bridge too far. It was a snake too far. I couldn't do it. But she's also, she knows it's not working because Andrea couldn't be having less of her poop. She's also kind of rude to Andrea in several parts. Because it's not working. You see her visibly get frustrated and sort of snappy because Andrea is very deadpan. Andrea might as well be saying, absolutely not, sweetheart, because Andrea is just not. It, it, Andrea is glorious. She is. So Andrea calls her on the nude photos and not in like a shaming way, but in like a you sent him nude photos the day you were going to tell him you wanted a divorce. And Lindley is crying and says, I don't have a very healthy relationship with sex or my body. And I was like, girl, same. But that makes no sense. And it bothers me because it's almost like she's using a mental health excuse She might as well have said that. I was getting ready for her to say it. But I've been working on me and I'm working on my mental. She's basically doing a YouTuber apology is how sincere she is. It's so bad. It's disgusting. I mean, what she should have said is he's abusive. He makes me send these photos to him. She can't lie that fast. Then she says, well, I did it to put him in a good mood for later when I asked for a divorce. And Andrea says, why would that put him in a good mood after the fact when you ask for a divorce? That's not going to like keep him in a good mood. And Lindley says, you've never tried to soften the blow. And Andrea says, not like that. No. Yes. (laughs) It was my favorite Andrea moment ever. It was so great. Andrea was just having none of this girl's nonsense. Not like that. No. And then Lindley goes, okay, with attitude to our Queen Andrea. 
with full attitude because that worked with D. It worked with Dusty. It worked with Connie. It worked with Ashley and April and Bobette, probably. Why is it A, B, C, D? I don't know. <laughs> Great question. Cult. <laughs> it's a cult. So, yeah, she's like, okay, like whatever, Andrea Canning. <laughs> Fine, if you haven't done it. Also, are you asking Andrea if she sent nudes? <laughs> like, is that, did you just ask our queen that? Yes, she is. She does that. This That was a really weird tactic she took in this interview to keep asking Andrea questions back is really disarming. So it puts her, instead of in the position of prisoner, it puts her in the position of power, right? I'm in charge of this interview. I'm asking the questions. It's crazy manipulative. And it's really obvious as well what she's doing. It's like if you go into a job interview, you're supposed to sit like in a higher chair than them or something because then it puts you in the position of power. It's weird. It's a weird tactic. And also Dateline's a big show. She has to know this. And so to start flipping things on Andrea Canning is kind of bananas. I think she thought Andrea's a woman. I've been able to hoodwink all of these other women. I'm totally going to be able to hoodwink Andrea Canning. And so when she couldn't, she flips into this weird tactic of like, be on my side. Wouldn't you feel this way? Wouldn't you do this too? And she's crying when she's doing it. And then she's using the excuse of her body. You're a woman too. She's doing this woman to woman stuff, which as a woman... I find this highly offensive. It's really not okay to use yourself like that. When there are women fighting for women out there in the world, you're doing a disservice, girl. This is bad. Also, I really don't like her softening the blow thing because softening the blow is like, you're fired, but I baked you some cookies and here's a coupon to Bed Bath & Beyond. Softening the blow is not like, I want a divorce, but here's some nudes to remind you of the fact that you will never get to have sex with me again. It doesn't equate. It makes zero sense and it's obviously a lie. Yeah. So she says, I brought Michael with me for protection. I don't know why he shot him. Maybe someone said, I, this is not my idea, but someone suggested that maybe he was high and Ben said something to make him angry. And I never asked him why he killed him. And Andrea's like, wouldn't you want to know? You never asked him, why did you just shoot my husband? And she says, have you ever experienced any sort of trauma? So I can't even read my notes to you because there are so many curse words in them. It's barnyard expletive, barnyard expletive. It's bad. It might as well be those scribbles where you do all the ampersands. I was so angry at this. How dare you? How dare you ask a personal question to Andrea Canning? This is not about her. Who's doing the interview, Missy? No. She is doing that thing where have you ever like she's. But it's almost angry. Like, have you ever experienced trauma? No, it's combative. I wanted Andrea to go. Yes, I'm interviewing you. And also I had a snake wrapped around my neck earlier. I know trauma. I've also given birth six times. She doesn't need to dignify. Everybody's had trauma in their lives. Lindley. Well, she's saying the trauma was witnessing her husband get murdered and that put her in a state of shock so that she never asked the man who did it in the months after why he shot him. And Lindley's still crying her crocodile tears. 
or <laughs> I stole that from people on Twitter. So she says, have you ever had this kind of trauma? She doubles down. She asks Andrea again. If you ever had this kind of trauma where the air that you breathe and the land that you stand on is taken from you in a moment and you don't know what to do. And if you haven't, I just don't think you'll ever understand. <laughs> what? And Andrea's like, take a step back. This is not about me, princess. What did Andrea say? No, she, Andrea's like gesturing to herself, like putting her hand on her chest, like she's about to go, me? Yeah. This isn't about me. Like, that's what she's about to say. And then Lindley cuts her off and, like, keeps going. She interrupted Andrea, too. So Andrea says, why didn't you call 911? And Lindley says, I ran away. That's normal. Most people don't run towards gunshots. Well, that's fine. But you also got in the car with the man with the gun. So you did kind of run towards the gunshots in a way. And Andrea says, so what you're saying is that all four people are lying. And she says, yes. And Andrea says, some of these people don't even really know each other. And they're all telling the same story. And she's like, yeah, I know that's hard to believe. But yes, that's they have motive. And that's why. And she says, if you heard what they had to say, you would understand. I can't explain it to you. She starts getting sassy again. I want to. I can't. I can't. But Andrea is doing the exact right thing and just not dignifying any of her supposed questions with a response. She's just keeping to ask the questions. And that is, it's, she's such a pro. She is. She's amazing. So, and every one time she does an interview like this, I'm just reminded of what, how amazing she is. She's really good at her job. So then she says, this was good, hard hitting. Why did you point the finger at Sam? And she goes, well, I had all these people in my ear saying Sam must have done it. And Andrea's like, you were there, Bisque. You knew he didn't do it. It doesn't matter what people are telling you. You saw what happened. Talk about you and Michael and Michael shooting him. So you knew full well. Full well it wasn't Sam. And you still pointed the finger at him. And then Lindley's crying and she says, it was a really ugly thing to do. And I feel awful about it. And I can't take it back. She's really good at playing the emotion. She knows like it's almost sociopathic. Like it's like she's studied what people look like when they're really sorry and feel awful about something. She's really good at getting that down. Also, it is sociopathic because he could have gone to jail for murder, for murdering his last remaining family member. Wow. So Andrea tells Lindley, you know, Ben's family says a snake didn't kill him, but a cold hearted snake did. And that snake is you. And Paula Abdul sang about it in her epic music video, Cold Hearted Snake. Look into her eyes. Ah, She's been telling lies. <laughs> so she says, Lindley says, you know what? I know what they say about me. It doesn't matter. My conscience is clear because I know I didn't kill Ben. I was like, you just said you felt bad about what happened to. Okay. So, you, okay. Her oldest kids are being raised by her family. Nope. Don't like that. And Brandon is raising their baby because all charges against him were dropped. We don't know if that's because he's totally innocent and she made up everything or because he helped the police get her. I have a lot of questions on that one. Yeah. I mean, it's most likely the second thing that he. We do not know the details of the stalking. I really would like to know, but I did. We do not know. 
But for sure, they helped him get out and get the charges dropped because he helped them. So Sam has no family farm anymore, but he's moving forward after all the tragedy. Sam, you will be happy to know that a lot of people on Twitter are apologizing to you for thinking that you did it for the first half of the episode. So congrats to you. That's a tip of the hat, I guess. Oh, did you think he did it? No. Well, he does seem a little combative in certain points towards his brother. But no, I didn't really think he did it. The way that he was talking to the police in the interview was definitely leading me to believe that he didn't do it. The way that he was being very straightforward about anything you need on this. It just seemed real. It didn't. That sounds stupid now after everyone thought that Lindley was so real, but it seemed very not overdone, not underdone. Just right. Yes. Yes. Whereas Lindley is very overdone. People are falling for it. I'm worried. No, no one on Twitter did. No, no, no. But these women did. Yeah, these women did. Side info that someone posted on Twitter was that Lindley is suing Brandon for defamation. So that's good. How's that work? Defamation of what? Because he said she's a murderer. But she has no character. So isn't it defamation of character? Sorry, I don't get it. I don't really understand. I have one bit of side information. Would you like to know? Yeah. This is from the Columbia Daily Tribune, and it's about her trial. And it's just this one part that I thought was so great. Hesseman worked to poke hole in Shaw's testimony with relation to how she gained access to the pills and her own personality. <laughs> this is about Lindley. And it says, noting her fear of watching shows like Dateline because of its subject material. Mm. Literally Dateline. The irony. Wow. Is gorgeous. Perfect. Yeah, she's so meek. She's a meek little mouse. Right. And she got into a fender bender and she called the police. And she can't even watch Dateline. Also, that is implying that we are murderers because we watch Dateline. That's really weird. I would also like to say, I don't think it's a bad thing that the kids are with Lindell, the father. He seems really nice. He just believes his daughter and she's lying to him. Yeah. I just wonder if he's going to say some not nice things about Ben that we don't know if they're true or not. Yeah, that's unfortunate. And that will be sad. So I hope they get to spend time with Ben's parents as well. Oh, no, Ben's parents are gone. Ben has no one in his family. Sam, Sam and his wife, maybe. I hope they get to spend time with Sam. I hope they do him the honor of letting him let that happen. Boy, this was a long episode. What an episode. This episode is dedicated to a very special Patronus, a friend of ours from school, Alex. Alex. You're a snake, buddy. No. (gasps) You showed us all your snake. And no, I can't say that either. No. What are you saying? No. I don't know. But it's just a good special episode. I wanted him to have a special episode because he's our friend and he's a Patronus. And we thank you. You're a cold hearted snake. Look into his eyes. Alex been telling lies. No, he hasn't. He's all right. No, he's honest. He he is honest, although he did go by the moniker Windstorm for a brief period of time. So <laughs> I'm honestly not sure about that. Miss you, Alex. <laughs> I miss you less now. No, I kind of miss you more now that I know that. 
Why did I not know that? I don't know. We went through a phase where we watched the pickup artist and we would read passages from the book and just laugh. That's insane. And he decided to be Windstorm. And I have a picture of him dressed up like the pickup artist, but it, but it was Windstorm. I think he was single. I'm glad you got married, Alex. He was fun at our dress up parties when we had our L.A. themed party, which was just a party solely making fun of people in L.A. Like everyone was dressed as an agent or had headshots posted all over them. And I was wearing all camo and dressed like Paris Hilton. I wore Von Dutch and Ugg boots. Someone had three cell phones. Like they just had cell phones ringing all night and they just kept picking up cell phones and pagers and stuff. That was the most fun party. And he was dressed up really funny. I think he was dressed as a casting couch, like an actual casting couch. I think he had headshots on him. So good. So funny. God bless you. Thank you, Alex. Alex, God bless you. B-roll Bonanza. There's lots of snakes. So many stacks on stacks on stacks. (laughs) Stacks of snakes. Of drawers of reptiles. So many drawers. Many a snake. Snake squadron. Snake city. You know, like those drawers we thought that those little drawers that people would have. I was fascinated by the baby drawers. I was like, it's like the container store of snakes. And so are there little tiny baby snakes in those drawers? I think so. Yeah. And some people thought it was cruel. Cindy, our friend, has a farm, basically, and she has snakes. And she says they really love, like, small, warm places. So they're usually heated drawers, and they probably love it. I also have a feeling that Ben loved snakes. I think he loved them, yeah. I don't think he was in it just for the money. I think that this, they made it very clear this started of a love of exotic animals. And if he was breeding them, he was excited about snakes. Yeah. Now, should exotic animals be kept as pets or should they be out in the wild? That is a whole nother debate that we will not get into right now. Calling Joe exotic. There's a picture of Ben with his bandmates because he's in that metal band and he's been like carried sideways. I feel like it was like a Rachel on Friends pose. I felt like it was a One Direction pose, but that's all right. I was like, this was a metal band. I need to define metal. Someone needs to define this for me. There's so many videos of Ben with the snakes. There's a photo of Lindley holding a bunch of eggs that I will get to in tweets. But wow, it's like a bunch of eggs and she's holding them with like two hands, but they're not. It's crazy. And then we see brother Sam getting coffee. At the coffee shop. I thought that was cute. And we also see investigator Dusty on a dusty road. Did you see the snake with the little lip horn? He had a little thing going like that. Hmm. He was green and he had a little thing coming out of his his lip. He needs braces. No, no, no. It was like a rhinoceros, but a snake. He had a little horn out of the front of his face. Yeah, it was interesting. I loved these snakes. My interest in snakes has now gone up 20-fold since watching this episode. I even found some pictures of my mom and I on vacation in Mexico holding a large python of some sort or I don't know what kind of snake it was. And we're each holding it without it wrapped around our heads. I will post those pictures on. I was just going to say, if you don't post it, it didn't happen. I'm going to post them on Patreon in case you're interested. I cannot wait to see that. I might do a side by side by side with me, my mom and Andrea and say who wore it better. And Brit Brit. And Brit Brit, who wore it better. You're going to win. Well, Andrea might. I don't know. It's a Toss up. I think that was Charles's joke, though, when he posted the picture of Britney. I think he said, Who wore it better? Oh, that's a really good joke. Fashion police? Yeah. So Lindley is wearing and ruining a Gryffindor shirt. Ooh. We all know she's a Slytherin. And I don't just mean because the snakes. That's weird. Why wouldn't you be a Slytherin? 
why wouldn't you rep Slytherin when you own a snake farm? Very strange. She's also wearing an Evil Dead shirt. Oh, that makes me upset. Also, she has green hair. Is that because of the snakes? She only had that hair sometimes, though, right? Yeah, but I'm. was it because of snakes? Maybe. Just questions. Andrea is wearing her signature white jeans when she's holding the snake. It's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Titles. Yes. My anaconda don't want none because you shot him, hun. Brilliant. Ready for mine? Yeah. My anaconda don't want blood. You better use guns, hun. <laughs> we both did it. High five. But guns make you bleed. The anaconda didn't crack his head mainly. That's what I was saying. Okay. The anaconda didn't do it. We did it. We both got there. Okay. This is not really the line. It doesn't really make sense. But this is a Harry Potter joke, which people would tweet at Draco Malfoy. I can't remember his name right now. The actor. And he would say something and they would be like, do you mind if I slither in? Oh, yeah. There we go. It's a sexual pickup line. I like it. Sexual. Okay, this is my last one. Exotic pets, erotic texts. Ooh. Thank you. That was very good. Thank you. I don't know if any of mine are actually that good. All snake, no charm. A breed, all her own. A vivarium of her own making. Old squeeze, new squeeze, death squeeze. (laughs) She had the old boyfriend, new boyfriend, and dead husband. Scales of justice. (laughs) That's good. Yeah, I love that. And then this one is just for you specifically. My fangs hide my secrets. I love it. Yeah, I know. I love it. I love it. I think it's, (laughs) I love it so much. That was specifically for you. All right. I'm so excited we have Twitter. I know. We have Twitter. I can't believe it. Lily M says, prison jumpsuit or odd fashion choice? This Rasputin looking David guy is a character. (laughs) It was funny that A, people thought he might have been in prison and B, that she calls him Rasputin. So Melissa Chirp says, I thought she was lying, but then I saw she's wearing a cross. A cross for what? You're welcome. Montana Bug says, the first rule of Dateline is you don't talk over the host. Rookie move, Lindley. There we go. And you don't ask the host questions unless it's how are you today, Ms. Canning? (sighs) Charles, our friend Chuck DZ76 says, Hi, Charles. If you don't know what it's like to breathe the air of the free world and step on farmland, then you don't know. That's what Lindley said to Andrea. Um, but don't quote me on that. <laughs> it's kind of what she said. It's very close. Also, this whole thing with everything about the farm sounded like everybody was making euphemisms the entire episode. Every time they talk about going to the farm, being on the farm, losing the farm, it sounds like they're talking about things in a greater context every time. Simp Vicious put a picture of Lindley and said, when you order a Kirsten Dunst on Wish. Wow, that's (laughs) very good because it was driving me crazy who she looked like. Me too. That's totally it. It's Kirsten Dunst. And I love Kirsten Dunst. There's got to be a movie. Come on, Kirsten. Go get to it. Yeah. Buckeye Girl 25 says, with that beard, I keep expecting a small snake to suddenly appear from within. Oh, my God. That would be great if he was like hibern. If one was like hatching in there, he was keeping it warm. It was a little babe. And then Charles posted this clip from Family Guy where Peter grows a beard and there is a bird, like an endangered bird that has nested in the beard. So he can't get rid of it because it's like endangered (laughs) and it's protected wildlife. 
And he just keeps popping out to say hi. That's amazing. This occurred to me. Do you think that he wears the handlebar because it's sort of snake-like? It coils? Maybe. Interesting. Lily Bondi said, Lindley found a snake, all right. And that so a lot of people made that joke. I was trying to say that with sexual innuendo because that's how people were saying it on Twitter. She loved snakes. She got went and got another snake, that sort of wink, wink. She got that trouser snake, all right. Yeah. Charles said, so much snake slander on the timeline. I know people were hating on snakes, by the way. There was only a few people that were like, that's a beautiful snake. Everyone was like horrified. No more snakes. Stop showing the snakes. Mickey Martini said, people really hate snakes, apparently. I had no idea. But I would feel the same way if it was a spider. So I get it. I'm not. I get it. Yora Lamb said Ben would have the best Chiron on Bachelor, which is the thing that it says like under a person's name and because it, it would say snake store owner. <laughs> they always have like catchy things. Is that what that's called? A Chiron? Yeah, it's like on the news, too, when they say like breaking news, blah, blah, blah. That's what it's called. A Chiron. I've never heard that before. Snake store owner. Everyone would be like, what? He's a snake store owner. Yeah, that'd be good. So they always try to sound interesting on those shows. Yeah. I would. Yeah. Leah said, how can someone hold that many snake eggs at once? So in the photo, she's holding 15 snakes in two hands. And so Sally wrote, they're all attached like grapes. Okay, I totally made that up. So, And I believed her. I was like, oh my God, really? So then Sally did some research. Turns out, They are attached slightly by some sort of like membrane membrane or something. And so they do kind of stick together, but it's much more they are likely to come across. You couldn't shake it up and down or something. Snakes of a slither stick together. And that's why she could hold them. It's in her arms and she's holding like 15. It's crazy. So thank you, Sally, for finding that you were making a joke at first, but you are actually right. They are kind of connected. You are actually proving science. Mike says, even that snake realized how amazing Andrea is. They want it all over her. Yeah. Because she's incredible. It wanted to love her possibly to death. (laughs) I'm concerned. Sally said, I wish my closet was as organized as the snake room. Yeah, it's so organized. So organized. It was spotless too. Like it would get an A if it was a restaurant. I was impressed. Do you think that he had one of the really expensive label makers? For sure. I love those. I would love to have one. I wish there was a reason that we needed one. Alba North says, if a guy says his snake is 600 pounds, it's probably not. Oh, that's brilliant. (laughs) Well done. And then to bring it home, our friend Cindy, who has the snake, she says that they love the warm. And in fact, she has a heating thing under her snake thing, and she calls the bottom hiding spot her winter White House, which I thought was hilarious. And she even keeps it in her bosom. She keeps it in her bra, and she posted a picture on Twitter shooting down into her bra with the snake under her boob area because it loves the warm, dark areas. What is her snake's name? I think Aaliyah said it was Evie. It's Evie? Yeah, like out of this world. I don't know if that's what it is. Or Adam and Eve. Is it from Adam and Evie or is it from Evie Oddly? I have a lot of questions. That is 
That's tremendous, Cindy. Good on you. I know. I love it. More snake tales from Cindy, please. Absolutely. The snake should have a Twitter account. So thank you everyone for listening and remember to check us out on Reality Gaze and check out our Patreon. We have so many good episodes. Last month was about a missionary who brought over a lady from Lithuania and then paid to get her waxed a lot and then his wife died. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. It's a thing. Yeah. But that's what kind of magic you can find on our Patreon at the $5 level. And check us out on Instagram and Twitter, Date Dateline. And thank you so much. Big round of applause to Kimber for this episode because this was an epic recap and she did a very good job, including getting all of the important dialogue. So round of applause. Yay. Yay. This is the longest episode ever. Yay. It's going to be a long one. Yeah, that's what the snake said. (laughs) Is that good? Did I do it? Yeah. No, that was really good. That's great. Yay! Yeah, that was good. Yay! Be your own anaconda. Yeah, be your own Chiron. (laughs) That sounds like a made-up word. All right, bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. You better work me. You better work me. You better work me.